You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. Good evening. Welcome to MetroVision Studios. Welcome to the Metro LA region of the Los Angeles International Church of Christ. My name is Reese Kia Aina. Thank you for tuning in to our midweek service tonight. Let's start with a prayer and then we'll begin tonight in 3rd John. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you so much that we could be together as a family tonight. We know your spirit is fully alive and at work in the world, leading the church into new realities and new ways of thinking about you and engaging with you and and how to do ministry different in the 21st century uh, right now. Thank you so much for uh, the different challenges that our church has been through, the different things that are difficult in our lives. Although we may not like it, we know that there are many lessons that we can learn from that. And so be with our church tonight that we could be get be together online and all those uh, who are tuning in from around the world, uh, much aloha and welcome to them as well. But most of all, Father, we pray that our, our lesson tonight can re- focus us on you, that we can get our attention on you and be thinking about you as we go into our discussion groups tonight. We love you. We thank you. Thank you for the leadership here with the Carrillos and Webers that our whole staff and our, our whole uh, membership and church that uh, Metro is such an amazing place to be. Guide our lesson tonight. Uh, guide our relationships. Bless them in many ways. We love you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. In Third John... In verse 1 through 4, it reads, The elder to my dear friend Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. It gave me great joy when some believers came and testified about your faithfulness to the truth. Telling how you continue to walk in it. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. You know, John was an elder and this elder is writing to his friend Gaius and saying he hopes that he's in good health. And I hope you are in good health this evening and that all is well is going, all is going well for him. And I hope a lot of things are going well for you in your life. But he also says that I hope your soul is doing well. How often do we think about our souls? You know, we value our health, right? At least the older I get, I certainly think more about my health. We work out at gyms. We work out at home. Tie bowl, tie bowl too. Some of the things I'm going to say is going to date me, but amen. The gazelle, step climber, ab machines, total gym, Chuck Norris fans, Bowflex, Insanity, P90X, Turbo Jam, Turbo Fire, Shalim Extreme. By the way, my wife does those. She's done those before. Zumba. And the list goes on and on. We wa- We also watch what we eat, right? We try to eat less sugars. I know I'm trying to do that right now as I get older. Did you know that the average American consumes 27.3 pounds of candy and gum per year? When I was younger, I didn't care about what I ate. Now, mercy, if I just look at a Krispy Kreme, I've gained two pounds. You know, we value our kids. We plan their lives out, right? And, you know, my my oldest, many of you know, last the, the other week I shared about uh, how my oldest daughter, Kala'i, uh, 
you know, would be studying abroad in London in 2021. Well, yesterday we were at the airport with her, uh, giving our farewell to her. Many of her uncles and aunties, uh, you know, uh, gave her a farewell wishes already during the week last week. Here is a picture of her at her flat in London where she's staying. And so, you know, my daughter's out there. And uh, best, best, best to her right now in her second year at Pepperdine. We value our kids, right? We think about their lives. It's, it's spend time with your kids, man, because that time, 20 years went by like that. You know, this will be her, uh, her birthday's in November. She'll be 20. It just went by in a blink of an eye. We value our rights and our freedom. We value our money. We value our friendships. But my question tonight is, how much do we really value our souls? You know, a lot is happening in the world that is affecting our hearts and our souls. Let's keep praying for the situation of Afghanistan and, and those who are Americans and, and allies who are still there that are trying to get out. Be, be praying for the administration right now to, you know, I've prayed for all the administrations, right, that have been over the last, in my Christian lifetime. I've always prayed for administrations and the president because it's a tough job and it's going to affect many lives regardless of the politics involved in it. Be praying for uh, those who are going through suffering now with Hurricane Ida all throughout Louisiana, all the way up the eastern coast as well. For all the victims there and people who have no electricity, water, and, and you know, I think Hope Worldwide has a, a response going on right now. Be praying for all the families there at Hurricane Ida. Uh, be praying for people getting back to work safely. You know, that as we as as our economy opens up and, and everyone's going back to work, that we, that people do well in that. Pray for our different members battling COVID. It was so encouraging at our outdoor service last week. I got to see David and Alexis Yamis. They were at service. They were battling COVID prior to that. Be praying for Leah Chavez and, and other members in our congregation who are battling COVID at this time. We, let's also be praying to keep our children safe as they're back in school full time right now. Be praying for our world missions contribution that will be taking place on October 3rd. October 3rd is where we'll be taking up our world missions contribution. You've seen it on Sundays uh, where we're giving to. Be, pray, be praying for those countries. Be praying for the churches there as well. Also, let's pray for those who are studying the Bible right now. There are people studying the Bible. Pray for them. Get involved with them to, to see God at work in their lives. We also want you to pray for our region. Remember, we have a three-year plan in place. We're in year two right now of a three-year plan. So let's keep our eyes focused on Jesus. Tonight, I'm going to do a lesson called The Value of a Soul. The Value of a Soul. And we're going to be talking about the value that God attaches to it. In other words, what God is willing to do to teach us to value our own souls. We're going to be talking about what God is willing to do to teach us to value our own souls. And so we'll talk about three things that we can learn about how God values our souls. In 2 Peter chapter 3, let's pick up in verse 8 through 9. It says in the New American Standard Bible, But do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like one day. The Lord is not slow about His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not willing for anyone to perish, but for all to come to repentance." There is so much meat and potatoes in this passage, but let's take this passage in its context of First and Second Peter. What is God willing to do to help us value our souls? 
the first first point I want to make tonight is this, is that God allows suffering in our lives. Let me say that again. God allows suffering in our lives because he cares for our souls. God allows suffering in our lives because he cares for our souls. The context of 2 Peter is disciples are suffering for their faith all throughout Asia Minor. They're experiencing tough times and Peter is teaching them, hang on, persevere in your suffering. I mean, who who here is going through a tough time in 2021? Some, you know, you might look at your neighbor right now and go, are you going through a tough time? Are you going through a tough time? Well, the disciples were suffering for their faith and experiencing tough times. And, and in this passage, God doesn't want anyone to perish, anyone to die. Not talking about their physical bodies, but he's talking about their souls. That often God allows suffering because he cares for our souls. And suffering is a huge theme in First and Second Peter. Suffering is part of the Christian life. We follow a risen Lord who suffered till death for God and humanity. We are called to deny ourselves, to take up our cross, and to endure trials of many kinds, James says, right? It's part of the journey to making it to the end. And I hope we learn how to value suffering the way it's meant to be valued according to God. And, and this is one of the things Peter's teaching the disciples is as they suffer, there's a reason why that we suffer. And I'm not saying that God is always causing the suffering that is going on in their life, but he certainly allows suffering because he cares about the inside. He cares about our inner self, our inner souls. And, and that's so encouraging. And notice their suffering versus our suffering. These people in the first century were suffering because they were standing up to Caesar. They were, they were not renouncing their faith. They were, they were under threat. Their family members were dying and they were holding on to their faith. Many lost their businesses because they were Christians and they worshiped Jesus than Caesar. And so they understood suffering was not only part of the deal, but necessary for their faith to be refined to make it to the end. Do you want to make it to the end of your life as a disciple? Do you want to get, like anybody can start the race of a disciple, but man, doing it for the next 30, 40, 50, 60 years, that says something about your faith. If you can make it to the end of your life like that. Well, if so, if you want to make it to the end, then you will have to suffer like your Lord as well, like the early disciples. And in our world, suffering stinks. In God's world, suffering helps to save our souls. Suffering oftentimes gets our attention. And and God allows suffering because he cares for our souls so much. Well, you go, how? Well, let's look at the whole context of 1 Peter in chapters 1 through 5 to get a perspective on suffering. And every chapter, Peter is talking about suffering. In 1 Peter 1, 6 to 7, that's how much God values our souls, that he will allow us to go through things that will get our attention, that often, perhaps our attention would have never been, been there if we didn't have that challenge or trial or difficulty that we're going through. In 1 Peter 1, verse 6 to 7, suffering refines our faith. Robert read, read this last week. In all of this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, you may have had to, su- had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Suffering refines your 
faith. You cannot have an, a genuine faith without some kind of trial de- helping develop that. And, and when you get to the other side, it'll result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus is revealed. In 1 Peter 2, 19 to 21, you know, an, another thing that Peter talks about suffering, suffering is commendable and commanded. In, in chapter 2, verse 19, for it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they're conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. Suffering is commended and commanded in the Bible. The context here is Peter is talking to slaves who have masters, and if they treated uh, those, if the, the master treated the slave well, great. But if if the master was harsh with the slave or the disciple, and they didn't let him go because they became a Christian, suffer valiantly. Peter is saying. Man, that is next level discipleship, right? If 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 that if there's a slave who's a disciple that end, a slave that ended up becoming a disciple and he works for a master that's also a disciple, Peter is saying if he treats you well, great. If he doesn't treat you well, suffer valiantly. Show respect. I mean this this is another level next level thinking, next level discipleship. Suffering is commendable as well as commanded. In First Peter three seventeen to eighteen, for it is if it is better if it is God's will. Suffering is also part of God's will for our lives. To suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. Notice for people to come to God. One of the things Peter's making a strong statement here: suffering had to occur. In order for that to happen. And it's part of doing God's will. Part of God's will in our lives is that we are going to suffer. And so, you know, think about that. I hope it makes us think of God differently. It makes us think about suffering differently. That there's purpose to suffering. Peter says suffering is just part of God's will. You know, early in Peter's life, he avoided suffering. He tried to prevent Jesus from going to the cross. And Jesus gave him a strong rebuke. Get behind me, Satan. Ouch. But it's because Peter was trying to, you know, have Jesus not have to suffer. But that was part of God's will for Jesus' life. And it is also part of God's will for our lives. In 1 Peter 4, verse 12 to 16, suffering is also glorious in the Bible. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. For the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or a thief or any kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. Suffering is glorious. In 1 Peter chapter 5. In verse 8 to 10, look out, what an awesome point that Peter was making that suffering is glorious if you're a Christian. If you're a Christian and you have convictions and people are, 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 are calling you names, insulting you and, and don't like you, you don't treat you well because you have convictions and because you are a disciple of Jesus and, and was called a Christian, 
man, that's a glorious thing to happen to you. If, if, if you're being persecuted, insulted, called names, all kinds of things because you, you represent Jesus. In 1 Peter 5, verse 8 to 10, it says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. Because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Amazing. In 1 Peter 5, 8-10, suffering makes you strong, firm, and steadfast. Can I get an amen on that? It does. But for what, you may ask? It's so you last as a Christian. It's so you make it to the end. Suffering of your life. Suffering is a huge theme in First and Second Peter and all throughout the Bible. God values our souls so much that he's figured out how to develop us and help us make it to heaven in our lives. How? He allows suffering in our lives because he cares for our souls. Suffering refines our faith, is commended and commanded, is part of God's will, is glorious, and will make you and I strong, firm, and steadfast in our faith so that we can make it to the very end. Can we appreciate suffering a little bit more at the moment? We may not be convinced. That's okay. I got two other points that can encourage us along the way. So point one was... God allows suffering in our lives because he cares for our souls. He wants us to make it to heaven and helps us along the way. Amen. The second thing I want to talk about tonight is that God values our souls so much that he even speaks to us in our dreams to protect our souls. Yes, he speaks to us in the written word, obviously, and in prayer. But in Job 33, verse 13 to 18 in the New Living Translation, it is such a great insight here. Here's what it says. So why are you bringing a charge against him? And we know Job. Job was one of the guys that, that went through so much suffering. Why say he does not respond to people's complaints? Now listen to this in verse 14. For God speaks again and again, though people do not recognize it. For God speaks again and again, though people do not recognize it. He speaks in dreams, in visions of the night. When deep sleep falls on people as they lie in their beds, he whispers in their ears and terrifies them with warnings. He makes them turn from doing wrong. He keeps them from pride. He protects them from the grave, from crossing over the river of death. God loves you and I. God loves us so much that he'll go to great lengths to speak to us, to warn us of something we might do in the future to harm our very souls. And so what is God willing to do so we value our souls? The second thing I want to talk about tonight is this. God speaks to us in our dreams to protect our souls. God speaks to us in our dreams to protect our souls. Have you ever woken up from a dream and said, thank God, that was only a dream. <laughs> oh, man, I have. You wake up, you're like sweating, your eyes are huge, your mouth is dry, you're breathing heavy, and you're going, thank God, that was only a dream I just had. But it seems so real, right? You know, I've, I've had dreams of people hurting my family. I've had dreams of hurting others, someone hurting me. 
dreams of falling, dreams of dying. Have you ever had that dream where you're falling and you, you, you continuously keep falling and you're, you know, something like that, right? And, and, and you wake up and you're like, what, what's happening? What's happening? Well, that's a dream. And perhaps God is speaking to you in the midst of that. Dreams of my wife and my kids, perhaps, you know, being hurt. I've had dreams of, of, of being unfaithful before. And I thought, wow, what, what is happening? If, if Grace and I are not connected, sometimes some of these things come into my mind. You know, and it's God's way of speaking to us to reach out and to protect us from ourselves, to preserve our souls. It's God throwing us a lifeline, speaking to us, talking to us, turning us away from sin so we don't go down that path. Notice the Bible says God speaks to us in dreams, though people do not recognize it. You know, it says God whispers in our ears to turn us from sin, to keep us from pride and to preserve our very lives. God values our souls so much that he'll communicate in our dreams to warn us of going down the wrong path. Thank you, God. If you're having some dreams right now where you have some dreams that are getting your attention or different things the Spirit is working in your life where, where you're experiencing some awkward things that are happening in your dreams at sleep as you go on prayer, all kinds of things like that, pay attention. God may be speaking to you to get your attention and, and to prevent you from going down the wrong way, to prevent you from being proud. You know, King Nebuchadnezzar was a proud king and God spoke to him in dreams all the time. And and, and he had Daniel interpret it for him, right? I mean, it's crazy what we can do in our lives and how we have this capacity to just to just kind of dive into sin. And God has devised ways through his word, through prayer, but also to speaking to us in dreams so that we don't go down that path. And just say thank you. Thank you, God, for loving my soul so much that you would intervene somehow and speak to me to get my attention so that I don't go down the wrong path. But that doesn't only happen, you know, once. In Job 33, 28 to 33, in the New Living Translation, it says, God has delivered me from going down to the pit, and I shall live to enjoy the light of life. God does all these things to a person twice, even three times, to turn them back from the pit that the light of life may shine on them. Pay attention, Job, and listen to me. Be silent, and I will speak. If you have anything to say, answer me. Speak up, for I want to vindicate you. But if not, then listen to me. Be silent, and I will teach you wisdom. God cares about our souls so much. He'll speak to us in our dreams, not just one time, not twice, but three times, to get our attention, to turn us, to warn us, and to help us. Thank you, God. The third thing that God does so that we value our souls is in John 3, 16. And we know this passage. In the voice, John 3, 16, it reads, in the voice translation, For God expressed his love for the world in this way. He gave his only son, so that whoever believes in him will not face everlasting destruction, but will have everlasting life. How much does God value our souls? The third thing I want to talk about tonight is God gave up his son. To save our souls. God gave up his son to save our souls. Boom, that says it all, right? Mic drop, it's all she wrote, period. That's how much God values our souls. He gave up his son. If you've ever struggled about how much you're worth or, or having value in your life, this says it all. This passage, just this passage alone. 
you're worth that much to God. And so as we close tonight, here are two discussion questions. I hope the Spirit was talking to you tonight, getting your attention, interrupting you, helping you to become more aware, helping me to become more aware of of how you may be at work in our lives throughout the lesson tonight. Uh, about the value of a soul and how much we should value our own souls. I'm not talking about just our physical bodies, talking about our souls here. In your discussion goes, which point interrupted your spirit tonight? And what is the spirit calling you to be or do right now? Which point interrupted you? What stopped you? What got your attention? What made you go, wow, that was a good point. Let me think about that. Maybe you've had some dreams. You're like, share your dreams with, with the group that you're in right now. I'm sure all of us can relate, you know, and, 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 and we can develop closeness and connection through vulnerability with each other. So share that in your group tonight. A- any of the points. If you're going through suffering, share what you're suffering about tonight. You know, uh, it's it's so important that we learn to engage with one another and let the spirit influence not only through lesson, the word of God, through our dreams, but also through the, our communal fellowship. Even if you're on Zoom, that's awesome that we can do that. What And also be paying attention to what is the spirit calling you to be or do right now? And so what did we learn tonight? Tonight, our lesson was on the value of a soul and the value that God attaches to it. What is God willing to do to help us value our own souls? And we learned three things about God tonight. That, number one, God allows suffering in our lives because he cares for our souls. Number two, God speaks to us in our dreams to protect our souls. And number three, God gave up his son to save our souls. And why is this important to know? It's so we understand how much God values our very souls. But it's also so we understand how we should value our own souls and take care of our souls. But it's also so we can get involved and help a lost world to understand the value of their souls. I want to close with an excerpt tonight called The Value of a Soul and it's by an unknown author. What is the value of a soul? I asked the Lord one day. What is its worth upon the earth? How much does one soul weigh? Then he showed me a set of scales in perfect balance there. And as I watched, he filled one side with wealth beyond compare. There was silver, gold, and jewels so beautiful and rare. The different treasures of the world, he quietly placed them there. My heart began to tremble as I watched his nail-scarred hands. For on the other side of that great scale, I saw one single man. Who is that man? I asked him. That he should have such worth. He surely must be famous and the greatest man on earth. Step closer now and take a look, Jesus said to me. As I drew near, I recognized a man I'd often seen. His clothes were old and ragged. In his hand he held a glass. He was our city's poorest drunk. A man of lower class. Lord, You don't know that man, I said. He's lived a life in vain. He'll bring disgrace into the church and reproach upon your name. I'd like to know him, Jesus said, but he does not know me. But if you'll help me reach him, then what a change you'll see. I'll take that wretched sinful life and cleanse it with my blood. And when he gives his heart to me, I'll fill it with my love. His soul cannot be purchased with the wealth you've seen today. But I was sent to die for him. My blood has paid the way. 
He's lost. He's my lost sheep, the Savior said. And I love you both the same. But if you think he's worthless, then surely I, surely I died in vain. So when you look upon someone whose life is wrecked by sin, if you'll just have compassion, then you'll share your brother's pain. You must not look upon his past or what he seems to be, but look beyond his many faults and know I'll set him free. Don't look at him as just a man and only see his shame, but see his precious soul that I have died to save. This earthly wealth, the Savior said, cannot draw men to me, but I paid a price upon the cross to set this whole world free. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your attention. Have a great night tonight. You've just listened to the Metro LA Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit MetroLARegion.com.